Shalom to all. Today's office is getting daf known, and we are starting Memtes Amr Bey's the last line with the word Itmar. And today's office sponsor, Lili Nishmas, Mars Mirim Sar, Basib Yaakov, Maisha, her Nishama should have an Aliyah. And Lili Nishmas, Rabbi Yosef Yantif, Ben Rosher Anchol, his Nishama should have an Aliyah. Now, at the end of the previous Gemara, we discussed two types of guarantors, an Arev and a Kablan. An Arev is a standard guarantor who co signs on the loan as one who's going to pay if the borrower defaults. Now, there are certain situations where we're going to say that an Arev is not responsible to pay. A Kablan, on the other hand, bears more responsibility. And generally, the word kablan is not used to describe a guarantor. It usually refers to a contractor of sorts or middleman. An example of how he would be considered a guarantor is what we discussed by Ksuba, namely that a father was the kablan for his son's Ksuba. And this is referring to a case where the son had given metaltalin to his wife as a mashkin for the Ksuba, and the father had asked her to give them back. Now, this is an act of kablanus, which now places responsibility of paying the Ksuba on the father. And now we discuss these two guarantors at greater length. Itmar, Arev the Ksuba, Debrakol, If someone is just a plain Arev to pay somebody else's Ksuba, everyone agrees that he's not really Meshavid himself to pay. Why is that? Two different reasons. Firstly, because just a plain Arev is not responsible to pay a Ksuba if he defaults. Second, as opposed to a standard case of a loan that isn't repaid, where the lender is going to lose out money that he gave, here by Ksuba, even if the woman doesn't receive it, she's not going to lose anything because it's not like anything came out of her pocket when she entered the marriage. And the reason why this Arev would, so to speak, obligate himself is really just to encourage the woman to get married. So for everyone agrees that this Arev is not responsible to pay for the Ksuba if the husband defaults. No, not Ralph on the top. Kablan de Balchayv, whereas when we're talking about a Kablan of a regular Chayv, of a regular borrowing and lending case, Everyone agrees that he is Meshabed himself. And why is that? Also for two reasons. The Kablan accepts responsibility for the loan even if the borrower does not default, similar to the way we explained by Ksuba. And the way that it works by a regular loan is that when Ruven wants to borrow money from Shimon, the Kablan is the middleman between them, showing that he's taking responsibility. And another reason why he's Meshabed himself is because if Shimon isn't paid back, he's going to have lost out on his money. Therefore, the Kablan actually guarantees this loan, as opposed to Ksuba, like we just explained before, that the woman's not going to be losing out on anything if she doesn't receive her Ksuba. However, now we have Machlekes, Arev, the Balchayev, the Kablan, the Ksuba, Pligi. There's Machlekes, what about an Arev by regular Chayev or a Kablan by Ksuba? Do those people bear responsibility to pay or not? Now, Ikelmanda Amar, there's a Manda Amar, Afagavda Lesle Nechse Loiva, Mishtabid, that even if at the time of the loan or if at the time of the marriage, the Loiva or the husband didn't have property that he'd be able to use to pay, still this person is Mishtabid himself. Ikelmanda Amar, there's another Manda Amar, that Iesle Mishtabid, if the husband or the borrower has property at the time of the marriage or the loan, so then this Arev or Kablan is Mishabed himself, whereas he Leslie, if he didn't have at the time of the loan, Lai Mishabed, so then he's not Mishabed himself. However, the halacha is, Bekulhu, with all these cases, Afagav the Leslie, even though the bar or the husband did not have property at the time of the marriage or the loan, Mishabed, this Kablan or Arev, is Mishabed himself to pay. Bar may Arev the Ksuba, except for when we're dealing with an Arev of Ksuba, which is the first case we had mentioned. The Afagav the Islay, that even if the husband did have property at the time of getting married, and then let's say something happened to the property later on, it got ruined and the husband now is not able to pay the ksuba, the Arab is still not mishabed himself to pay. My time, why is that? Because mitzvah da'avad, really just doing a mitzvah, as we had said, he's just encouraging them to get married, and therefore he never really intended to pay the ksuba if the husband's not able to, and also she's not losing anything if she doesn't receive her ksuba, it's not like she had to pay anything out of pocket when she came into the marriage, so when she doesn't get her ksuba at the end of the day, it's not considered like she's losing anything. Now the Gemara goes back to what Marzutra had mentioned on Memtes Amud Beis, that when we say that a woman collects her 
ksuba from Ziburis, that's only when she's collecting from Yisaimim. But when she's collecting from her husband himself, she'd be able to collect Bainanis. Tashma, we've attempted Raya, this is not so. Meikarta Takantin, what's the essence of this Takano that she gets Ziburis? We had said the reason previously. Yaisri Masha Ish writes Elisa, Isha writes Elinase, more than a man wants to get married, a woman wants to get married, and therefore there's no reason to Metakin that she should get Bainanis, and that's why she only gets Ziburis, because she's going to get married anyway. Now, if you want to say that a woman only collects Ziburis from Yisaimim, Haimishim Diasmihu, the reason why she's getting Ziburis is not because Yaisri Masha Ish writes Elisa, Isha writes Elinase, it's for a totally different reason. It's because she's collecting from Yisaimim. And we know from our Mishnah and from Abraisa that when we collect from Yisaimim, we're only going to collect from Ziburis. So according to Marzutra, this reason of Yaisri Masha Ish writes Elisa, Isha writes Elinase, is not really the reason why she's going to collect Ziburis. Tiofta to Marzutra, Tiofta, this refutation to Marzutra, it's a valid refutation, and therefore we conclude that when a woman collects her Ksuba, she's only going to collect Ziburis even if she's collecting from her husband. And the Gemara continues, Our Marzutra, Breda of Nachem, Shmeid Rav Nachman, Shtar Chayv Hayyatza Ala Yusaimim. If a Shtar Chayv is coming against Yusaimim, meaning Ruvain died, and then Shimon comes to Yusaimim with a Shtar showing that he's owed money. So, Afbishkasa by Shavach, even though Shavach is written in it, meaning even though in the Shtar it was written, the Ruvain's going to pay Shimon Idis, still Shimon's only allowed to collect from Ziburis. And Amar Abayabai says, I'll bring you proof for this. Take that, you should know. The Baal Dine Bebeinis, Umiyasmi Beziburis. A Baal collects from Bainis if he's collecting from the person whom he lent the money to, but if he's collecting from that person's Yusaimim, he only collects Ziburis. However, Amar Rava, Rava told Abai, Hachi Hash, is that really so? Could you compare these two things? Baal Chayv Dine Midairaisa Beziburis, Kedaula. A Baal Chayv Midairaisa is allowed to only collect Ziburis. Damarulu, because Ula says, Dvar Taira Baal Chayv Beziburis. Midairaisa Baal Chayv is only allowed to collect Ziburis. Shenar, because the Pasuk says, that he shall stand outside and the man is going to bring it outside. Now this possibly refers to a lender taking collateral from the borrower and the Pasuk is telling us that the lender stands outside while the borrower brings him the collateral. And what do we say? It's stand there that a person is going to bring out the least, the most inferior of his kalim as the collateral. And since that's so, we would say that payment of the loan as well, Midai Raisa, only needs to be made with Ziburis with his most inferior lands. So Ula continues, Why is it the Chazal said that a Baal could collect from Bainis, if Midaraisa really is only allowed to collect Ziburis, so as not to close the door in front of borrowers. Meaning, if a lender knows that he's only going to be able to collect from Ziburis, he's not going to bother lending money. So therefore, we say, okay, Midarabanon, you're allowed to collect from Bainis. Now, if a Gabi me, when we're dealing with the Asaimim, Akmur Rabbanon, the Rabbanon just established the din based off of the regular Dairaisa, which is that a Baal is only allowed to collect from Ziburis. So now Rava concludes his question to Abai, Al but over here, Kim the Dina Midaraisa Be'edes, since Midaraisa, Shimon is allowed to collect from Ruvain from the Idis. That's because it's written in the Shtar. So feel me, ask me, Nami Be'edis. Even from the Simon himself, he should be allowed to collect from Idis. Because now this is a new Dindai Raisa, which is unique to this case because it's written in the Shtar. Now the Gemara asks on Rava himself. Ulu Rava, according to Rava, it's really okay. Even with Rava, we have a problem. But Tani Avram Chuza, Avram Chuza taught Nebraisa, in the front of Menech's Simon, Elam Ziburis, we're only allowed to collect from the Chasm of Yisimim from Ziburis. But feel Nizikin, even if we're dealing with the case of Nizikin, meaning Reuven had damaged Shimon and then Reuven died. So in Shimon's coming to collect the money from Reuven's Yisaimen, even though it's a Nizikin payment, which we know usually is allowed to be collected from Idis, he's only allowed to collect from Ziburis. Nizikin, as we had just said, Midairaisa is with Idis. Midairaisa is allowed to be collected from Idis. And still we see in this case that he's only allowed to collect Ziburis. This is clearly not 
like Rava. So Gmar answers no. Hacham Iskin, what are we talking about in this case? That the Idis of a Nezik was the same level as the Ziburus of the Mazik. Rabbi Shmuel here, and this is according to Rabbi Shmuel. To Amar, we had learned Rabbi Shmuel had said, Really, we evaluate based off of the Nezik. And it's just because of Tekken Oilam, the Rabbanu were attacking, that we evaluate based off of the Mazik. However, for Gabi Yasmi, when we're dealing with Yasmim, the Rabbanu just kept it established on the Dairaisa, and there's no Takana over here when we're dealing with Yasmim. So this price is not a question on Rava. However, the Gemara continues, Aini, is this really so? We have another question. They were only allowed to collect from Nechassim of Yisaymim from Ziburis, even if they're Idis. Now, this is a very cryptic statement. What does that mean? We're allowed to collect from Ziburis, even if it's Idis. So that's what the Gemara asks. What does that mean, even if it's Idis? Lav, doesn't it mean? Even if Idis was written in the Shtar, meaning when Ruven borrowed from Shemin, he wrote in the Shtar, I'm going to give you Idis. Still, when Shemin's collecting from Ruven's Yisaymim, it's Master from the Brass that he's only allowed to collect Ziburis. So Gemara says, Lai, that's not what it's talking about. My Idis, what does that mean, Idis over here? Shafai Idis. Shafai Idis means Idis that jumped away. Kid Rava, this is just like what Rava said. Dama Rava, Rava says, his Ziburis, let's say Ruven damaged Shemin Ziburis, Gavimina Idis. So Shemin's allowed to collect from his Idis, as we already know. However, Shafai Idis, let's say now the Idis jumped away, meaning after Ruven damaged Shemin, that Idis property that was going to be collected by Shemin jumped away. It was either damaged or was taken away by somebody. So in such a case, Gavimina Beninis, Shemin would only be allowed to collect from Beninis, even though there might be other Idis. Since the Idis that originally was going to be collected now has gone, it's jumped away, so Shemin gets demoted to collecting from Beninis. Begabayasmi, when we're dealing with Yisaimim, Akmur Abana Dairaisa, the Rabbana just based it off of the Dairaisa, which means that when Shemin is collecting from Ruven's Yisaimim, he's not even allowed to get Beninis, he's only allowed to take Ziburis. So once again, Rava has pushed away these questions that were being asked on him. And could he explain the Mishnah we had said any from Nechsa Yisaimim element of Ziburis, we're only that I collect from Nechasim of Yisaimim from Ziburis. Now, by Rava Chadvoy Bar Ami, Rava Chadvoy Bar Ami asked the following question Yisaim Sha'amru, Kitanim, Oyafilu Gedailim. These Yisaimim that we said, they were only allowed to collect Ziburis from them. Are we talking about Yisaimim that are under Bar Mitzvah? Or you say that even are above bar mitzvah. And what are the two sides of the coin? Do we say there's just a takana that Rabban made for the Yusaimim, and therefore Laktanim of Rabban and Loy of Rabbanon? This takana would only be for Khtanim and not for Gdailim. That's because the Khtanim can't sell the property on their own in order to pay the loan back. So therefore, as a takana on their behalf, we say that they could just give Ziburis and then the Balchaiv would have to sell it. However, Gdailim are able to sell land, so this takana wouldn't apply to them. I don't perhaps we look at it differently. Since the Malva Shimon never would think to himself that the Leva Ruvain is going to die, and then the Chasim are going to go to the Yusayimim, the Havali Noel Delas, then now there's going to be an issue of closing the door, therefore, even Gedalim as well, they would be allowed to give Ziburis. What's this referring to? So remember, we had said the reason Abal Chav collects Bainanis is Shaloi Tenol Delas Bifnei Leivin. Namely, if he knows he's only going to get Ziburis, he simply won't lend money. But here, Shimon never thought that Ruvain would die and that he would have to take Ziburis from the Yusayimim. So therefore, this Takana of Shaloi Tenol Delas doesn't apply, and it's possible that even Yusayimim Gedalim would be allowed to give Shimon Ziburis and not Bainanis. So again, we have this question that ain't from Nixay Yusayimim Elmanaz Ziburis. Is this talking about Yusayim that are Katanim or Gedalim? So Gemara Tamsaraya, Tashma, Tatani Baik Shisha, Baik Shisha taught Yusayim Sha'amru. These Yusayim that were said Gedalim. We're talking about big Yusayimim above Bar Mitzvah. 
and we don't even have to say Ketanim, for sure this Takana applies to them. Ask the Gemara, hold on one second, maybe this Bryce is only talking about regarding a Shvua. What does that mean, a Shvua? So we know that if a person is coming to collect from Yusayimim, he has to make a Shvua that the loan wasn't paid back. So we might say that this Shvua applies equally to Gedalim and Ketanim. Why would it apply to Gedalim? Because a son who's a Gadol, in regards to his father's affairs, he's considered a Katan, because he has no idea what his father's business affairs are. So even though he's a Gadol, he doesn't know if his father paid back or didn't pay back, so that's why a shvua would have to equally be made to a gadol and a katan. Aval in ziburis loy, but maybe you would say that in regards to ziburis, this takana doesn't apply to gadolim and only to katanim. However, the gemara says the the halacha is no number based on top. Yusayim shamru these yusayim that we said gadolim vein sarachlam katanim. This takana applies to gadolim and for sure katanim. Bein leshvua, bein leziburis. Whether we're talking about making a shvua to them or whether we're talking about collecting from them ziburis, either which way, Shimon would have to make a shvua to them and he would only be allowed to collect from ziburis. And continue to explain the mission. We had said in front of Nechaz Meshubadim, Makam Shesh Bnei Chayrin, we're not allowed from Nechaz Meshubadim if there's Bnei Chayrin. Now, what was this referring to? So, Ruvain borrowed money from Shimon and then sold one of his properties to Levi. So, this property is really lean to Shimon and he technically can collect it from Levi as payment for Ruvain's debt. However, what the Mishnah is telling us is if Ruvain has other properties that are not Meshubad, Shimon has to collect from those even if they're Ziburis. Now, by Rabbi Chadwe Bar Ami, he asked the following question What about a Matana? Let's say Ruvain had given this property to Levi after he had borrowed money from Shimon. Do we still say that Shimon's not allowed collect that property if Reuven has Nechaz and Bnei Chayrin, or do we say that no, he's allowed to collect that property from Levi? And what are the two sides of the coin? Did the Rabbanim make this Takana that Shimon has to collect from Nechaz and Bnei Chayrin because of loss of Lekuchais? What does that mean, the loss of Lekuchais? So Lekeach over here is Levi, and if Shimon's going to collect from Levi, so either way he's going to lose. Because if Reuven didn't provide an insurance policy for the sale, so Levi completely loses this property when it's taken away by Shimon, and even if the sale was guaranteed, Levi would have to give this Bainanis to Shimon and take the Ziburis from Reuven instead, and obviously he doesn't want that Ziburis. So maybe this Takana was only made for Lekuchas. But when we're talking about a gift that was given to Levi, there's no loss of Lekuchas, no one bought the property over here, so maybe Shimon is allowed to take that Bainanis from Levi, even though there's Bnei Chayrin, which is Ziburis. I don't know, perhaps, Matana Nami, even when we're dealing with a gift. If not for the fact that Reuven had Hana from Levi, so he wouldn't have given him a gift, and therefore it's considered like loss of Lekuchas, because Reuven getting benefit from Levi and then subsequently giving him a gift makes it that Levi's like a Lekeach. So maybe the Kana would still apply even in a gift case, and Shimon would have to take Bnei Chayrin, which is by Reuven. So we have an attempted Raya, Amalei Markashisha, Breder of Chizdor of Ashi, Tashma. Here's an attempted Raya. Amar, a shchivmira that said as follows: What's a shchivmira? So this is a person who's deathly ill and he's about to die, so he wants to give away some of his property. And he said as follows: Give two hundred zos to this person. Three hundred to that one. Four hundred to that one. We don't say that whoever comes first in the shtar he gets to take. So the first two hundred is going to be given to the first guy. The next three hundred is going to be given to the next guy, and the next four hundred is going to be given to the next guy. And if there isn't enough, then the last guy is going to lose out. We don't say that. What do we say? That everyone splits the property evenly. So let's say the Shechem doesn't have 900, which is 200 plus 300 plus 400. He, let's say, only has 600, so then everything is going to be split up proportionally. The first guy gets 100, the second gets 2, and the third guy gets 3. al therefore, Yatzal of Shtar if a Shtar is now brought out against the Shechem after he died, so this person who has a Shtar gets to collect evenly from everyone. In other words, he can take his Chayv from whomever he wants, and now these people just re-divide everything up evenly. Avil, however, im Amar, if the Shechem said, give 200 Zuz to this, 
this guy. And after he gets that 200 Lepliny, give 300 to that guy. And after he gets his 300 Lepliny, give 400 to that guy. So then we say, anyone who comes first in the Shtar, he gets first. And if there's not enough for the later guy, so it's his tough luck. Therefore, if Shtar now comes out against the Shrevmeirah, he collects from the last one first. And if the last one doesn't have enough money to pay for this Shtar, he collects from the one who got before him, meaning the 300 guy. And even if he doesn't have enough to provide for the entire loan, he collects from the first fellow who got 200. Now, what do we see from here? Even if the first guy, the 200 fellow, got Bainanus, and the last guy, the 400 fellow, got Ziburis, still, the Balchayv collects from Ziburis and not from Bainanus, because we had said the Balchayv collects from the last guy, and that's Ziburis. Shmamina, we see from here, even we're dealing with a gift. That if there's an available property, the Balchav has to collect from that available one, even if it's Ziburis, and he's not allowed to go to the Bainanis. So Mar says that's not a right. What are we talking about over here? The Balchav. They're really these three fellows, the 200, 300, and 400 guys, they're Bali Chav. They're owed this money by the Shiv Meirah, and they're not being gifted this money. Ask the Gemara, how can you say that? The Shiv Meirah said, give it to them. Mashma, it's a gift. The Gemara says, no. Really, what the Shiv Meirah was saying was, give it to these people as my Chav that I owe them. The Gemara asked, fine, if we're we're talking about Bali Chayv, so why are we saying that this guy gets first and the next guy then the next guy? Why don't we just see whose star came first? Meaning, why is the 200 getting first, then the 300, then the 400? Let's just see which one had lent money to the Shiv Meirah first, and he's going to collect first. So the Gemara answers the like Ashtara. There is no Shtaras, and therefore we just have to rely on what the Shiv Meirah says, give to the two, then to the three, then to the four. As the Gemara, how could you say that about Kala Kainu Mishtar Ka'amar? And the Brass had said, whoever comes first with a star, Mashma, that we do have stars for these two, three, and four hundred people. So the answers, no, Bishtar Pakadta. We're talking about the shtar of instruction, where the shchiv meirah instructs, give two to that guy, three to that guy, four to that guy, so whoever comes first in that shtar, he gets. We're not talking about whoever has a shtar halva, because none of these people had a shtar halva. So this is our first reason why this b'risa cannot be a raya, that they made this takana by matana as well, because this b'risa is not talking about matana. Vibaisem, alternatively, we could say, afil matana nami. Even if this b'risa is talking about a matana, where the shchiv meirah was giving a matana of two, three, and four to these people. Beloi kasha, still it's not a raya. My gavim in achroin, what does that mean that the balchayv collects from the last guy, it means a nifsad el achroin, that the last guy is going to be the one that loses out at the end of the day. Because let's say the last guy has Ziburis. So the Balchayv doesn't have to collect from the last guy. He could collect from the first guy who has Bainanis. But then the first guy goes to the last guy and says, hey, I came first in the order of the Shechiv Meirah's gifts. So since my Bainanis was just taken away from me, I'm going to take your Ziburis away from you. And that's what it means, the last guy is going to end up losing his property either which way. If it's Bainanis, he's going to have to give it away. And if it's Ziburis, he's going to end up getting his Ziburis taken away by the first guy. By same alternatively, we could say the Lahadadi, where all their properties were equal, meaning they all received bainanis. So then the last one would have to give his bainanis away, and so we don't have a right for this brisa that this takana the balchayv has to collect from bnei chayren and not mishubadim applies by matana. I can explain the mishnah. We had said in What was this referring to? So Ganav stole a field from Ruvain and sold it to Shimon, who plowed and planted. And after the crop grew, Ruvain came to take the field from Shimon. So Ruvain only has to pay Shimon for the money that he invested into cultivating the field. Now when Shimon goes to the Ganav to get his money back, so he can collect the cost that he paid for the field from the Chassam Meshubadim, but the Mishnah is telling us that the value of the fruit that he lost may only be collected from Bnei 
Chayrin. The Gemara asks, my time, why is that? So Amar Ula Amar Shlakesh, Lefisha Ink Suvin. That's because it's not written in the Shtar. When the Ganav sold this field to Shimon, included in the guarantee of the Shtar Mechira, that if this field gets taken away from you, I'm going to reimburse you. Any fruits that might grow on the field aren't written in that Shtar. It's just talking about the land itself. So that's why when Shimon comes to collect the land, he can collect from Mechasim Shubadim, but the cost of the fruits that he's going to lose, which were never written in the Shtar, has to be collected from Bnei Chayrin. But now we have a question. Amar Rabbi Abba Ula, Rabbi asked Ula, Bahamazan Ishva Abanais. The Mishnah also mentioned this case of Mazan Ishva Abanais, that when a husband dies, the wife and her daughters are allowed to get paid from his estate. The command Xivi Damu, it's as if that's written in the Ksuba, Uktani, and still we said in our Mishnah, Ain Maitzian, that they're not allowed to take from the Chasim Shubadim, they have to take from the Chasim Bnei Chayrin. And that's considered like it's written. So Amalei Ula answered, Hasim over there, May Karahachi Iskun, that originally this is how the Takana was set up for the mother and the daughter. Ksuvin Hain Eitzel Bnei Chayrin, it's considered like it's written in the Ksuba, only to the extent that she's allowed to collect from Bnei Chayrin. But it's not considered written in the Ksuba to the extent that she's allowed to collect from a Shubadim. And we have a very similar conversation. The reason why, when Shimon's going back to this Ganif that sold him the land, he's only allowed to collect for the fruits that he lost from Nechaz Bnei Chayrin, it's because it wasn't written in the Shtar Mechira. And Amr Ravasi, so he asked him, What do you mean? In regards to the food that the wife and her daughter are allowed to take, the command Xivi Damu, it's as if they're written in the Ksuba, even if they're not actually written. Ukhtani and still we said in our Mishnah, Ain might see in that they're not allowed to take from Nechazim Shubadim, they have to take from Bnei Chayrin. So Amr he answered him, the same answer, Mekar Hachi Iskun, this is what was Metukin originally, Ksuvin Hain Eitzel Bnei Chayrin, they're considered written in the Ksuba, but only in regards to collecting from Bnei Chayrin, Ven Ksuvin Hain Eitzel Meshubadim, but they're not considered to be written in the Ksuba in regards to collecting from Meshubadim. But now we have another answer of why, when Shimon's collecting from the Ganiv, for his fruits that were taken from him, he's only allowed to collect from Bnei Chayrin. Reb Chanina, Amr Chanina says, Lefisha in Ketsuvin, that's because there isn't a set amount. When the Ganiv sells the field to Shimon, he takes responsibility for the sale in regards to the land, because he knows how much the land costs. But we don't know how much fruit is going to grow on this land, so therefore he doesn't take such a heavy responsibility on himself for the cost of those fruits, who knows how much is going to grow. And therefore, when Shimon comes to collect the cost of those fruits that he lost, he's only allowed to collect from Bnei Chayrin and not from Meshubadim. And we're going to stop here for today, which is really right in the middle of this discussion, and pick up tomorrow continuing with this. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.